Hi everyone, and welcome to the Eli Kavan Project. So today is the science uh, week of the podcast. So I decided to actually talk about basically some of the stuff that I, I research um, throughout my master's. But before we even go into that, let's start with a do you know, uh, which is science themed. So did you know that the mass of the sun is 10 to the 30 kilograms, right? And so like the, the cooler thing of saying that is that is 100 billion, billion, billion kilograms. And, uh, you know, the sun isn't even that big. Like, you know, there's, there's bigger stars out there. So we usually, you know, talk about a, a star by saying, you know, that's a four solar mass star. So that's four times mass of the sun. Or, you know, even a 40 uh, solar mass star. So you can think that's, you know... 40 hundred billion 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 kilograms so crazy numbers in, astro- in, in astronomy alright so the topic today that I study is the n-body problem so just to give you a little bit of um, history behind it um, the n-body problem has been examined by you know some some of the greatest mathematicians and physicists of all time uh, first by Newton obviously after he um, came out with his theory of gravitation, he started to do some calculations about the n-body problem, or like, you know, what if three bodies, three planets were in orbit? And he realized that he was actually, the, the calculations that he got were, were, were wrong, because he didn't take into account, you know, the interaction between the planets, self-interaction, right, between the planets. Um, so some rich people actually offered a prize for the solution of the three-body problem, and it turned out it was it was won by Henri Poincaré, even though, you know, there was something wrong with his solution. Um, and so Poincaré is considered by some to be the greatest mathematician that ever lived. It's just there is some. Um, I just say that, you know it's hard to differentiate between mathematicians and physicists sometimes, right? Like Poincaré also did some great things in physics, and so it's. But you know he's 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 considered one of the greatest mathematicians of all time. And I, just, I had to, <laughs> I had to talk about my favorite mathematician, who's Everest Galois. I'll try to put a link in to talk about him. But basically, um, I'm not expecting many people to know about group theory. But he was someone who first pioneered group theory and field theory, and he was also someone who died at the age of 20 uh, over a duel over a, a, a princess or a girl or something. And, and like the night before, he was just writing down as much math as he could. And then he, he passed away due to um, injuries from that duel. So just just a crazy French personality that was a genius. <laughs> and so eventually the full solution is is given credit uh, to Sudman. The full solution to the three-body problem. Okay, so my work, um, so the, the catchy title is like Symmetric Polygonal Solutions to the N-Body Problem with Logarithmic Interaction. So I just, you know, before we even get into that, um, I just have to give credit to my um, advisor, Dr. Christina Stoika, just a brilliant, um, a brilliant mathematician, uh, and someone I definitely look up to. Okay, so what did I do? So I looked for like polygonal uh, solutions to the n-body problem. So like, you know, if there are three uh, planets or three you know, bodies or rocks in orbit, that would be like a triangle. That's a, you know, that's a simplest three-sided um, shape, three-sided polygon uh, that you can make. Um, for four, for n equals four, it would be the square. For n equals five, the pentagon, and, and so on and so on, right? 
and uh, with log logarithmic interaction rather than your um, typical one over r squared, uh, new you know gravitational interaction, uh, and that's useful for things like galactic dynamics, right? They sometimes they think uh, at long range the um, gravitational interaction can be logarithmic instead of you know the regular one over r squared. Also for molecular dynamics and and other such uh, applications. Uh, in particular, I study the case where there's like a large mass in the middle of the configurations and then, you know, a bunch of smaller masses orbiting it. So that was first study basically as an attempt to understand Saturn's rings. So they approximated Saturn's ring uh, rings as a collection of smaller rocks orbiting the central massive body, the, the, the planet. So to do this, um, we do something that you know you can learn in first-year calculus called linearization. Uh, that's something that you know we usually do when we're faced with like nonlinear differential equations. We linearize them to make them easier, right? And I'm going to try to post a link if you want to understand that. It, it it's not very difficult, really. It's um, even if you go to grade 12 calculus, you know, basically you're approximating what the function looks like at a certain point by using its uh, tangent lines. So you can think of if you knew all the tangent lines, then you would basically be able to approximate the whole function as as far as you go. And that's even like doing that, just approximating a function f of x. You're you're just you're you're finding the you know the, you're linearizing the function. If you look at like f of x y like a a, th a 3D graph, then that would be the tangent plane, right? And so even like when you're and this is advanced stuff. Um, we're talking about like manifolds, which are basically, you know, the simplest manifold. Well, technically, the simplest manifold is like R three, which is just the plane R two. But if you're talking about the simplest non-trivial one, let's say like a sphere, the way that you can kind of the way that you study the dynamics or, or like the, the the stuff that's happening on this manifold is you stitch together a bunch of tangent planes all over the sphere. And you say, oh, this is what happens on this tangent plane, and then you, you go to the next tangent plane, and that's how you understand, you know, what's going on on that sphere. Because it's very hard to understand the dynamics on a sphere, right? So then I, after I linearized these differential equations, I ended up um, studying the stability. So if, again, from first year, you can understand, like, eigenvalues if, if you've ever taken some first year math or some type of math in your... Um, like I know even my sister does eigenvalues in her accounting courses and stuff. So the hard part is that, you know, it's these equations can be kind of messy, but that's the gist of it, that the eigenvalues, by studying those, we can tell if the configuration is stable or not. So for details, I'm going to give you a link to my Google Scholar, and you can check out the paper. But basically, that's, that's the gist of, of what I've um, studied what I've put out papers for in uh, in school, so I hope you find it interesting. Um, you know, right now I'm at the point where I have a few listeners, so I just I want you guys to review and subscribe me so that more people uh, can know about this and and hear about this uh, podcast, and hopefully they gain something from it. And if there's a topic you want to study, or if there's questions that you have, please reach out to me in the comments or and whatnot, and um, I'll answer them next podcast. So um, I'll talk to you next time to talk about something with sports. Thanks for listening.